Did you have a good Thanksgiving? I know I did. You know, I had such a wonderful weekend. I went to Palm Springs and worked out there a little bit. And then I made my way down to San Diego randomly. And I did not go back to that haunted bed and breakfast. But I did, you know, when in Rome, why not go to the Whaley House? So... I went on down to the Whaley House, which we've talked about on the show many times, and it's one of many places in the world that is the most haunted place in the entire world. You've never heard of a more haunted place. Well, I've been there three times, and those ghosts are not interested in me whatsoever, but it was fun. I got to do like a little nighttime tour, which is basically you buy a ticket and you kind of just like walk around, and it's sort of a little museum feeling, and they've got like, I don't know if it's fiberglass or plexiglass or whatever but sort of on the on the um like doorways of the room so you can kind of look in and see what it was like in the spooky days and um yeah no ghosts no ghosts visited me but i had a good time and i'll be back don't worry i'll keep trying i was just reading a ghost story that really chilled me this one is in the facebook group it came from lauren Lauren says, in 2004, it was my sophomore year in college. Fuck my life. That just depressed me. That's her talking, not me. I didn't want to live another year in the dorms, so three of my girlfriends and I decided to rent a house together. We looked everywhere, and we weren't really finding anything we really liked. And my friend Rachel had a friend that was moving out of their house so uh, that they shared with friends. It hadn't even gone on the market to rent yet, and we looked at it and jumped at the chance. It was a super cute old farmhouse, wood floors and walls and ceilings, whitewashed wood. If I had the money, this would be the best fixer-upper. The old soul in me immediately swooned. To squirrel for a hot second, this was before I really understood any of my abilities and had only had a couple of experiences that I could not explain. So we moved in and we were all excited. This house was old! There were still holes in the ceiling from where those heater stoves were installed. The first weird thing that we noticed was in the breakfast room that when we that we turned into a bedroom. The whole room was windows almost floor to ceiling. Close to the top of the windows were two tiny handprints side by side. If I had a guess, they were from a child four or younger. That's a tall ass baby ghost. We knew the people that lived there previously and they didn't have kids uh, or have kids over to the house. I brushed it off, but took the opportunity to keep scaring my roommate that had that room as she was a huge chicken. 
I'd say for about a month and a half, everything was great. We had parties, hung out, it was the best house. Slowly, little things started happening. It started with footsteps upstairs while we were downstairs. Being an old house, you could hear everything. We brushed it off to just that, an old house settling, pipes moving. Then things started going missing. Remotes, movies, jewelry, only to reappear in an obvious spot when we came back into the room. As this went on, I became more and more uncomfortable in my bathroom upstairs. I was always peeking out of the shower curtain as I felt like I was being watched. Okay, I've said it before, bathroom should be off limits to ghosts. Four months later, I would stop using that bathroom altogether. That feeling of being watched almost became uncomfortable on the stairs. The house being so old, the railing only went to, the, to right below your hip. I started having a strong urge to always hold on to the railing and wouldn't look at the top of the stairs as I climbed them. When we would have parties, people started requesting that we close the French doors that led to the stairwell. They stopped wanting to use the upstairs bathroom, and if the downstairs was occupied, they'd pee outside. These weren't just women. I'm talking big, burly, football players and rugby players mm, that wanted nothing to do with the stairs or the upstairs. By now, I had a dog, and so did my roommate. We noticed they would start watching the walls and growl. We chalked it up to rats, and I still 70% believe it was rats. Still, okay, not much better. To, this is Ross talking. Okay, things had started picking up for everyone, but no one talked about it until one night one of my roommates and I were in the kitchen. We were doing dishes, and her dog was playing with a plastic bottle. I picked it up and threw it down the hallway into the living room for her to chase. I had turned and faced that direction, and we were talking, when all of a sudden, the bottle came flying in the air back into the kitchen. Her dog walked slowly back in behind it. I checked the house, and no one else was home. When the other two roommates came home, the word vomit started. We had been keeping all of our experiences quiet as we thought we were crazy. Before that moment, I had woken up in the middle of the night, always around three. I checked the clock and rolled over to go back to sleep. I felt my ear go almost numb, like someone was almost covering it. And then I heard, hey, whispered. I sat up and looked at my boyfriend thinking it was him. It wasn't. My roommate and the master woke up one night, and there was a man leaning against her fireplace, bald, young, in older 1900s pants and shirt type. She rolled over, thinking it was just a dream, and fell back asleep. When she woke again, his face was a few inches from her. She covered her face and didn't sleep the rest of the night. My roommate in the breakfast room said she went to be with her phone that was plugged in and in the morning, it was gone. She couldn't find it anywhere, and when she went into the living room, it was sitting on the arm of the couch. Her room was locked. After we shared our stories, the activity picked up. The footsteps got louder and heavier. I would feel the need to close all the doors that led to the living room when I was in there at night watching TV. Our other roommate, who had the other bedroom upstairs with me, started acting distant and moody. 
I always hated her room, especially her closet. I would get hot going in there and had the urge to run. Rachel asked her friend that lived there before us if they ever had anything happen. The guys denied it, of course, but the girls that lived there said they were lying and and stuff happened all the time. And that's why they didn't renew their lease. I was home alone one day and my other roommate that was in the breakfast room came home. She was into her room and came out immediately angry. She asked who went into her room. I told her I hadn't, and I doubt the other girls had, as she kept uh, her room locked. Not sure why that room had a lock on it. She asked me again if I went in there, and she started to look like she was uh, going to cry. I promised her I hadn't, and she asked if I would come look at something. She had picked picture frames all over her room on shelves. When I walked in, every single one was turned face down in the spot it sat. Not like they were knocked over, but like they were picked up and turned face down. We put them back and tried to shake the desk and bang on the walls to recreate it. When we did that, they fell off the shelves or landed different. Okay. So there is like so much more of this story. I'm like not even halfway through, but she also includes some pictures. So look at this story. It's in the Facebook group, Ghosted by Roz Dresvelez. Goes, it's a doozy. That was posted by Lauren on November 20th. Go check it out. And if you have a ghost story, it's a great place to give it to me. All right. On with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined by John Arthur Hill. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm such a fan of your podcast. Oh my God. I don't, (laughs) I don't get to see you enough. I know. I'm so glad we have this opportunity. I'm so glad that you literally paid me to come here. Oh my God. It was not cheap. It was the (laughs) highest tier of your Patreon. (laughs) That's exactly Um, right. (laughs) Please go to my Patreon. Well, yeah, you, uh, you host, um, the feels on Radio Andy on Sirius XM, which I've been on. You have been on. You've talked yeah. about this. I wanted to promote you for this. I forgot to invoice you for that, but thanks for having me. Well, why don't we call it a draw? Okay. Because you didn't, I was kidding, you didn't pay me to be here. You didn't even pay for my Uber, but that's okay. I'm also Andy Cohen's co-host on Mondays and Wednesdays <laughs> from 7 to 9 on Channel 102 on Sirius. So let's I love just that. plug it all. Plug it all. Plug just it right up. off the bat. Well, my favorite thing, <laughs> I think my favorite fact about you, anytime your name has ever come up, I always bring up my favorite fact. Oh, God. This could be something really bad. No, it's something great. You were in the original Broadway cast of Hairspray. (laughs) Everyone. Yes, I was. That's the coolest thing ever. It's becoming like the thing. Are you okay? I'm just looking at these weird plants. They're like Beetlejuice plants. Oh, I know. Isn't it fun? They've decorated the room for the holidays. It is very like spooky in here. It's like a spooky library. I won't, uh, people can't see that. So I'll just describe it. It's um, plants that are painted like Beetlejuice. Um, Yeah. People do like the fact that I was in the original cast of Hairspray. Um, It's so cool. I mean, that's a huge moment in history. Yeah, it was. It was such a long time ago. And for so long, I was like, I don't want that to be my legacy. But now I'm just so proud of it. You You should be. I mean... Yeah, a lot of time has passed since then, and that is a musical that has stood the test of time, honey. I've held up well. Very well. I mean, look at this body. Look at it. I will work this body. I can't stop looking at it. I know. Please never do. I want you to touch it. And one of the things things I brought in for you today to Uh discuss and just kind of mull over 
has to do with something that happened at Harrisburg, but you lead the way. You're the host, not me. It's hard to get out of host mode. No, I, I totally for two get hours it. This morning, so you you drive the bus. Um, okay, <laughs> sure. Uh, now. I should do like that thing that they do on talk shows where they act like it's a completely like natural segue. Now, sure. I heard that something happened on <laughs> Broadway one time with you that was a little ghosty. Well, it's ghosty. Let's see. I mean, I well, first of all, I have had a lot of ghosty things throughout my life, but I'm a little bit like not surprised by any of it. I have a relative whose name is Edgar Casey, who's now passed. Of course, he's an older, I mean, he's de- been dead for many years. Do you know who that is? I don't. You should research him. He was called the sleeping prophet. He would go under, he, he would, you know, kind of go in a trance and read people, um, heal, try and heal people, find out what was wrong with them. But in this trance and astral project, he was in like the what forties. Um, and, uh, so he's a distant relative of mine. So it's always been passed wow. down through my family that there's been that that psychic phenomenon is not a big deal. You mm-hmm. know, like my mom will um, like run into the to the kitchen, dial the, the not now we don't have landlines, but I remember as a kid she'll be like, hold that thought, go run into the kitchen, dial my my aunt's phone number, and she will have just gotten in a car crash. Like that sort of stuff happened all the time. Wow. And that was never any big deal. Premonitions, things like that. Have you ever astral projected? That's my new obsession. I feel like I do it all the time. And I naturally did it as a kid. Like uh, there's this old story about Aretha Franklin, um, this guy who had to like the, you know, she only liked to travel by car. And he was, he was like an assistant for a fill-in for an assistant, for an assistant for one day and had to drive in a limo with her for three hours. And she just took a nap and ate a chicken wing. And he was like, do you want a soundtrack? Do you want to rehearse? And she was like, I just did a dress rehearsal in my mind. And I was like, you know what? That makes sense. Interesting. So like, I think that people who go, who, who use their, their, their mind as their physicality, if that makes any sense. I think that that like I can, if, if and it's really just about like, kind of like manifesting, you know, like if you really it, yeah. think through it, you can kind of do the same as like getting up and working with it. Anyway. Yeah, I do. I, I like to astral project. I like that. Fun. I mean, yeah, I'm a major manifester, but I can't, I can't think of a time where like I could see myself from above or anything like that. But I've been hearing a lot of stories. It's weird. Like the past few weeks, I've been hearing tons of stories about that stuff. It's almost like you you physically feel strange. I mean, and I'm no expert, but I, but when you experiment with it and you start to feel like what I imagine, I I can't listen to ASMR, but like Mm. your body starts to kind of feel strange because you're, you don't want your body to leave. You don't want your soul to leave your body. But if you experiment with that, your body starts to feel kind of what I imagine like a female orgasm feels like. Mm, do, do you want to experiment with that later? We could try. Okay, great. So what happened on Broadway? Okay. So, uh, let's see. Opening week of previews in so of we, hairspray of hairspray on Broadway. We were, we did our out of town tryout in Seattle. We came back to, we, we came to Broadway, uh, ready to go. And you know, the side, the wings of the, of the stage, all the set pieces of every show are in the wings and they, they hang, I guess trusses are not the right word, but they all hang there. They're brought down on chains. They're hooked up. They, they move out. They're automated. They come out. So, Let's see. I guess it was Mr. Pinky's hefty hideaway, which was <laughs> hanging in the wings on stage right. Mm-hmm. And 
the stage manager, her name was Marisha, not Marissa. Marisha. Not, not Marissa Jarrett Winoker, but Marisha. Marissa Jarrett Winoker, um, celebrity ghost story. Alone. Yes. And yeah. she should be on your show. Please. Oh my God. Tell her. Let's call her now. Please. Um, I think Mr. Pinky's Hefty Hideaway was the one, but Marisha was standing there and she's the stage manager and she's kind of like, Okay, this comes down, you guys enter, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, everyone's just standing there. There's no, like, off-limit space. And Mr. Hefty's Hideaway, Mr. Pinky's Hefty Hideaway, just suddenly came on. And that, Broadway theaters are all haunted. I They're imagine. All haunted. Which one specifically is this? This is the Neil Simon Theater. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I mean, it's super old. There's just a lot of lore in that theater. Yeah. Um, so... But literally every Broadway house is haunted. Anyway, so the set piece came undone, swooped down, touched the touched the bottom. And if we had been standing an inch away, it would have wrecked us all, killed us all. And Marisha came up and she was like, I just want you all to know that my father gave me a message before Mr. Pinky's Hefty Hideaway just came down and almost killed everyone and he protected all of you. And I was like, Marisha, you're on fucking crack. But still, I believed her. So w- Wait, so Mr. Marisha came to her? And said, watch out. He said, like, you need to be careful. The minute she turned around, Mr. Pinky's Hefty Hideaway swooped down, became just, there was no reason, but became unlatched from the chain on which it was latched Ooh. and came down. It would have decapitated the entire cast. And there, then there would have been no nicest, no, show. Kids in, no nicest kids in town. It would have been like headless kids in town. The headless and then that kids would have in been town. a good show. And then they would stop the beat. Yes. The beat would the have beat stopped. would have been definitely It wouldn't have even started. Stopped. No. Um, okay. So I that's like just a little warmer upper. That's a little warmer up. And that stuff happened all the time. Wait, speaking of, wait, what do you mean? It happened all the time. That's, like That stuff in Broadway theaters happen all the time. That's why they have the ghost light. You know that. What's that mean? So the ghost light is the thing they put up at the end of the night. It's just one... Uh, it's like a pole. Uh, how do I explain it? It's just a light. It has a light bulb at the top. You've seen it. You'll if you. It's just a naked stage. So everything's been put away at the end of the night. All the set pieces are gone. A guy has swept, or a woman has, or a person has swept the stage, um, and there is a pole that is set there with a light bulb on top and it's a ghost light and it is for functional purposes to keep people so the stage isn't dark so people don't like if they happen to run into you know they forgot their i don't know tampons you know run in to get their that's a ghost light do you see that we're showing a picture of it now so it's a i mean it's a beautiful you know image of of broadway theater or any theater but it the um the functional part is so you can see where you're going after hours but it stays lit all night but it's also to keep the ghosts away to keep the theater um, clean. This house is clean. See, that, that's one thing that I love so much about theater is that there's a lot of superstition. So much. I mean, you can't say the Scottish play. You can't say the Scottish play backstage. No, you certainly cannot. And you have to turn around three times and say three cuss words. Oh, my and God. And spit three times. Oh, God. <laughs> I love the theater. Oh, God, the theater. Oh, the theater. <laughs> um, you know what? Speaking of New York... Sort of, I mean, not specifically a ghost thing, but still in that realm. When I first met you, you were talking about your friend Randy, who lives in New York. And I was like, that sounds like my friend Randy, Randy! that lives in New York. Oh my God. Now she's got some ghost stories. Oh, I can only imagine. Oh my God. I'm sure she's talked to ghosts. I'm sure she's fucked ghosts. But what is so weird is like, Randy's not 
like in this queer entertainment world that we live in like she's a very random uh, like friend for both of us to know absolutely and it was so funny that you were like my friend randy and i was like my friend randy You're and then we connected the dots <laughs> and we we're like we have the same friend randy that lives in new york very strange and, and, but it never surprises me when people know randy because it's a specific <laughs> person and it makes me and i instantly love the person that knows randy because totally. she's such a specific person and when you get like there's no one more hilarious than Randy. She's so I'm funny. sure that she has so many ghost stories. She's someone who sees the other side very clearly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think that people are attracted to other people that are like that. For you sure. Know? Yeah. Tell me um tell me a sad ghost story. You told okay. me you have a few. I have a few. So you know, New York is one thing. I I, I was listening to um some of your podcasts is I, I am a fan and I meant I heard you mention Zelda Rubenstein and I, had I been, love Zelda I love Zelda and my when I first got to I came I went to Pepperdine I went back to New York came back to LA and when I came back to LA I had a boyfriend who was just randomly very good friends with her who had just stop become friends and I, well, I she have, was a big like um, AIDS uh, yes. activist yes and she knew a lot of gay guys totally she was good friends with a lot of guys and um, if you're listening and you don't know who that is she is um, most famous for being the psychic in the poltergeist films this house is clean I love her. I love her too. And I'm a passionate Poltergeist fan. I love it. So he was friends with <laughs> Zelda Rupertstein and he was like, we should have dinner with her. I was like, excuse? Stop. And I kind of put that off because I was like, you're just being weird. And then he was like, okay, so can you go to dinner? I've been telling her about you. I really want you to meet her because it's important for me to introduce her to my new boyfriend. And I was like, I don't know. And I, I was like, Oh, I was like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean like I'm a, but I was a huge fan and I'm not a huge fan of many people. I'm not like going to fangirl out about many people, but she's someone who I was going to be like, I mean, I'm passionately in love with that movie mm -hmm. and, and like Joe Beth Williams. She's so good in that movie. Well, and they say that that movie was cursed. That is a cursed fucking movie. Yeah. All those people are D.E.D. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I know that Joe Beth Williams, she said that when she went home at night, all her picture frames would be all like flipped upside down and shit and crooked after shooting all day. <laughs> crooked. They'd be crooked. <laughs> yeah. So um, we decided to go to what's called Red Ginger, Wild Ginger in Silver Lake. I think it's still there. Ginger grass. Ginger grass. Or yeah. Gi yeah. Yeah. It's right. Okay. I've taken many first and only mm -hmm. dates there. Mm-hmm. Because well, it's casual. Here's the tea on Zelda Rubenstein. So you took Zelda to ginger grass? It was her choice. <gasps> she lived in Silver Lake. You're kidding. And she said, let's go to ginger grass. Okay. This story can't get any better. And I was like, okay, I'll go literally anywhere. Now, I was not healthy at the time. I was like not living a healthy lifestyle. I was like kind of erratic and like drinking and I was probably 28 or nine and but I was like I could like hide that sort of I mean who am I kidding not really but like so we went and she kind of leaned into the lore of her actually being that psychic person mm. she for at least from where i was sitting and again i was probably drunk but like she what i got from her is that she really had this confidence she did have she was very confident in her like like she wasn't 
she wasn't playing like a sweet old lady. She was like, hey, what's up? Like, let's get real. Mm -hmm. And like, not mince any words. And I was like, okay, wasn't expecting that. I was expecting like a sweet lady to be kind of like, I don't know. But she was like, what's up? And like, asking a bunch of questions. What's her character's name in that movie? Angina. Oh, you're right. Hilarious. Something Gina. Angina. It's definitely something Gina. Tangina. Tangina, though. Oh, is it Gina? Yeah, Tangina. Tangina. I don't think they would be like, and now Tangina. I I know Gina. You know Tangina or just Gina? Tangina. I think brown, white, pale Gina. (laughs) Pasty Gina. Yeah, that's me. That's not her. So we sat down and she was like, yeah, I've always lived in Silver Lake. It's always been the best. It's always, And I always remember her saying this. Where she's like, yeah, Silver Lake's just like, you know, elbows on the table. Just like no big deal. Not really Hollywood. And I was like, wow, this bitch is like real. Yeah. Anyway, this is like a month before she died. And I was like, OK, this is Zelda Rubenstein. And she looked at me and she was like, you are jaundiced and your liver's fucked up. And I was like, you're not wrong. <laughs> And like that was, and, and then she, she loved my boyfriend at the time so much and we had an okay dinner and then we left, we helped her home cause she couldn't really walk home. She couldn't like, we had to like help her home, which was fine. It was sweet. Um, and then I was like, you know, those moments where you see people and they like see in your soul and mm-hmm. they're like, they, they don't have to say a lot of words, but they're like, Hey, P.S. Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, Mm -hmm. wow. Okay. Truth moment. And I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm cool with like Angina giving me this like truthful moment. And like, I've always kind of held that anyway. So I just wanted to follow up and let you know that I met her. (laughs) That's my, and she told me I was John. Look, it's a Zelda Rubenstein jaundiced. (laughs) That's one of your stories. That's my story. Um, are you ready for my next one? Yeah, oh, very, yeah. Or do you want to expound? No, these are great. <laughs> you brought some Hollywood and Broadway. You brought some showbiz. Okay. Um, mm, let's see. I mean, I have so many. Okay, so the next this is this is the one that really freaks me out the most. Um so I did a show in South Carolina. It was for TLC. It was called King of the Crown. It only lasted one season, and it was about a pageant coach. Now, the fun thing that you might like is that he was the pageant coach who coached the girl on Miss Teen USA who said, and such as, and such as, and such as, and such as, and she was in my pilot. She was in this pilot, and that's why the pilot got sold, because she had just done it like two months before. And the Americas. And the maps. Yeah. And the Iraq, and such as. Yes. And tanked, and they were like, we want this girl on a pilot. And so it was about her, her pageant coach and this, you know, pageant world, and he, it was in Columbia, South Carolina. Now, they flew me out to be a director, story producer, kind of person on the ground and kind of help shape the show, write the show, but not write the show. Um, and they put us up in kind of corporate housing and I, there's nothing I love more than corporate housing. I love to go, I love to get free towels and like a free kitchen and just trash it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I love to go. I don't do that as much now. I'm kind of like, uh, who cares? But like back then I was probably like 31. Um, and I was kind of like, this is great. But I, from the minute I got there and I didn't, I usually am like, ew, this place is like bad energy, but I didn't get it at that time. Um, but something was really wrong. 
something was really, 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 really wrong. It was kind of a new place. It was by a, they were trying to like gentrify this area of South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina, which was which has a lot of tension anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and people would jog next to this river, and I didn't put this together, but like things were just happening. I had like um, two teeth fell out. Not because of drugs. That was a later time. But like that but like things just happened. Like I broke a toe from just like running on a treadmill. And speaking of the treadmill, they had a little gym and I was like going all the time. Um and I and and, and the first thing that tipped me off is I loved going to the, their little gym by myself and I and the and the like fifth night I went there and I'd seen this guy a couple of times. Um I was like, ugh, I like to be in here by myself. I don't want anyone else in here. Totally. Because it was like, you know, 11 at night. I'm like, who else in this like abandoned, like new, brand new building is like working out? Um, and so I was like rolling my eyes. And then like I went to go stretch and I went to see if he was still there. And he wasn't there. And so what I had seen was a reflection. When I look back, it was just a reflection. There was no one there. So you and saw this, in the mirror a yeah. person. You look over and the person's not there. Once I once I moved, I was like, oh, there's no one on that weightlifting bench. I must have he must have slipped out another door, but there was no other door for him to slip out. He would have had to walk past me. I didn't think of anything of it at the time. So just remember that. Okay. So that happened twice. And he was um Someone you would have like a um, someone you don't want to piss off, a, a very muscular, strong, um, lots of uh, scars, like deep, deep, deep scars. So I was kind of like, okay, you know, maybe maybe he'll be my boyfriend, or yeah. maybe um, I don't I don't want to make him mad. So like, just someone anyway. So there was kind of like this like you know, strong guy. It happened twice. And I was like, where is this other door that this guy is leaving from? But I didn't look at him in the flesh, but I kept seeing him the reflection like you do in gyms. So that happened a couple times. I had to go to the hospital twice. Um, and I was emotionally, I, I, Oh, this is the thing. I couldn't sleep. And I, I sleep like a baby. Uh-huh. I don't take sleeping pills. I don't take melatonin. I hit the pillow asleep. Never have problems. Oh, I'm jealous of that. I, when you get older, you'll, join me. It's fine. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Just you're can't wait to go to sleep. But, um, I, I had the worst nightmares. I woke up, I couldn't sleep. The job was going terribly. It was such an easy job. It was fun. It was pageant girls. Easy. Um, but conflict, conflict, conflict. I called my boyfriend at the time. Like you have to come here. I was like, you have to come. He came out. Um, and he was like, this is not good. Like, How long were you here? Were I, you I was there? there I was there three stints. So I was there for um, like three weeks at a time, four times. Oh, wow. Everything fell apart. And like my jobs don't fall apart. I mean, they were good. Um, but this was terrible. Um, I would go to Publix and just like buy Yellowtail and just like drink it all. Like I just was miserable. I don't know why. I was just in the worst mood. And there was no reason. Um I, I kept, lo- I never lose keys, knock on wood, but like I kept losing things. I get like everything went bad, mm-hmm. but mostly the sleep, the nightmares, the nightmares, the nightmares. So, um, I didn't realize this till we had kind of a hired guy who was driving us different places. And he was like, well, you know that your complex is built on, um, one of the most famously, uh, abusive, prisons known to man in America that was demolished. And this has been built. Your complex has been built on this, 
um, oh high security. God. And um, it's where people, um, the most people were put to, were sentenced to death and killed. It's called, um, literally, I'm showing you this on the internet, the prison from hell. Columbia's Vista was once home. So Vista was the name of this cool, new, like chic, gentrified place. Can I read you a couple of things? Please. And I found this out after my last day there. And I was like, of course. Um, it's like I saw some of these people. Um, <laughs> uh, but nobody else was living there? There were other people, but we were all tormented. None of us connected. We didn't make friends. Not people that you worked with. Yes, people oh, I worked were. with. And everyone had the same exact experience. And who told you this at the end? A local guy who was our driver, like a PA. Um, a prison reform before the Civil War. It was hailed as a really uh, medieval dungeon. Um, it closed in 1994. It was scorned, hopelessly antiquated, a relic in the world of high-tech prisons. Blah, blah, blah. Um, the closest thing to hell on earth. One inmate at the time said if the walls could talk, they would scream. Um, its demise was national news, with the New York Times calling it the prison from hell. Uh, I mean, the, the stories of this place are shocking. It was dark, it was dank, it was, and it stunk, and there were vermin of all kinds. It was the thing of horror movies. Um, it was oh struck, the structure was God. built in 1867. Um, convicts built the prison with granite blocks taken from uh, a county quarry. The blocks were transported. Uh, 127 years, uh, 80,000 convicts were housed there. It was overcrowded with 1,300 inmates it, when it closed in 1994. Toward the end of the 20th century, it averaged a stabbing of every 10 days. What? It was a bad place. It was a nasty, nasty place. Yeah. And so like the, the state petitioned, to, it was called the Death House. Literally, I'm reading from, <laughs> this is from the New York Times. The Death House was the site of 243 executions. Um, 48 whites and 195 blacks were executed there. The youngest, a black boy from Clarendon County accused of killing two white girls in the 1940s was 14. Oh so like this God. was a disgusting place. I didn't, yeah. no one knew this. And they were like, well, this place is new and cheap. So we stayed there and it, it explained everything. So the end of that story is my boyfriend finally came. I was like, you have to get me out of here. I don't know what's happening. I didn't know that yet. No one was saying anything. Um, until the very last day we left. And he was like, let's go on a weekend trip on your day off to Charleston. Meanwhile, Charleston, which was like an hour away, the only thing to do there is go on ghost tours. Right. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it's a super, super haunted land. How so I, many ghosts <laughs> do you think you saw in that house, in that building? I saw the same guy twice in the gym. And was he working out? He was working out, but it was it was weird. He was standing there. He would sometimes just stand still and stare, but there was no mirror he was standing at. He was just staring at what would have been just like... A cell? I don't even think... A, I think maybe a courtyard or just maybe surveying the like what he could see or maybe just out through the bar. I don't know. Did he look at you? Never looked at me. Hmm. He would turn to the side a little bit, but I was avoiding him because I, I don't like to look at people in the gym. Jesus. Yeah. No, no, no. No. God forbid. I mean, but he didn't have any. First of all, if you're not listening to music, I feel like you are. <laughs> no a ghost. music. Yeah. If you're at the gym and you don't mm -hmm. have earbuds in of some sort. Oh, God. You're a ghost. You're a, you're a ghost. You're truly a ghost. You're angina. <laughs> Tangina, you're pasty, you're honey. Ta you're not even Tangina yet. You're Angina, honey. You're dead China. <laughs> yeah, it was scary. And like that, it tipped me off. And I see things like that all the time. But did you see other people there? 
In my dreams. Oh, wow. The dreams are what messed me up the most. They were prison-y kind of dreams? It wasn't even that. It was just horrible. It was violent, and it was... And I, I never have, like, rage dreams or violent dreams. My dreams are... I'm a lucid dreamer. Mm. Are you a lucid dreamer? No. It's something you can practice and learn, and I highly recommend it. You should That's read a book on it. Yeah, yeah. It really helps in your daily life. Because oh. um, you awake while you're... Conscious, or you're unconscious. Yeah, that scares me. No, it's great. I don't want. I don't want to deal with sleep paralysis or like anything like that. I just want to like right. be, out. be gone for a while you. and then wake up. That's it. Mm, I get you. But you said before I cut you off that th- that kind of thing happens a lot. Like you just go around places and you think you see ghosts or what? Mm. I do, but sometimes I don't. Th- I don't. I. I don't. It doesn't bug me, you know, mm-hmm. like I see people. Well, here's the other thing is that I had a guy in the apartment I live in now. We had three deaths in two months in it, the building. Yes. And it's a building from the 20s. And my landlord there died. And I sublet this place. Don't don't tell anyone. But I technically sublet this place. It's okay. kind of a l- little bit illegal. And I've been there for three years. So it's basically mine. But um the landlord who is uh, was this like large African-American man who had uh, speaking of tangina and telling me I was jaundiced had like very yellow eyes, always had a cigar in his mouth and all, in the building, which like what landlord like promotes cigar smoking in the building. In the building but it wasn't huh? it wasn't lit, but it just always was there. And he reeked of cigar smoke and he always passed me. No one else was ever around. And he'd be like, hey, John, how are you? He knew my name. I never told him my name. But he'd be like, how are you, John? Meanwhile, he's the landlord. He shouldn't know that I'm illegally subletting. But he always knew who I was and he always said hello to me. And it was so nice. And I was like, hey, how are you? Didn't know his name. I looked on the mailboxes. I'm like, what is this guy's name? Is our landlord? I would tell the guy that I sublet from, like, oh, saw the landlord. He's so sweet. And he's like, oh, Dave. Like, he's a short little white guy. I'm like, mm, no, it's tall, white, tall, you know, African-American guy. Anyway, so I come home one day, and there's a fire department. The fire department's outside. And I was like, is everything okay? Like, is our building on fire? And they were like, oh, it's just a drill. We do a drill from time to time. And I was like, no, you why, no, you don't. Why are built? Why are building? But he, he's like, well, we just and and I could tell that he was trying to disarm me and not make me afraid. Meanwhile, I don't care if the building burns down. I don't have anything in their value. Like, <laughs> I have insurance. Like, give me your laptop. Burn it down. Burn it to the ground. Um, <laughs> Let me help. <laughs> um, but he was so nice. I could tell by the way he was talking to me that he was lying. Um, and then I came back, and they were clearly getting someone out of the building who was a dead body. Uh-huh. Um, and come to find out the landlord had died, um, and then this guy disappeared. But he wasn't the landlord. So I don't know this guy, but this guy was like inhabiting this apartment that was empty. Okay, so the cigar guy yeah, was, he wasn't the landlord, but he did no. live there. He didn't live there, though. Oh, he was just... But he was there. He wasn't like a transient or anything. Like uh-huh. he lived there. He was like, I saw him like um, coming out of uh, different apartments at certain times. Oh. Um, but the apartment that there was someone who did die in that apartment, that was the apartment he came out of most of, but he did not live there. And he didn't, he wasn't like a boyfriend or anything. Like, but I, I saw him coming in and, of that, in and out of that apartment that 
the actual landlord did live in, but he didn't know the landlord. I'd be like, oh, I saw your friend. He's like, who are you talking about? I'm like, the big guy, you know, he's always around. He's like, I, I've never seen anyone like that. So like that guy like fully was a ghost. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But and you I don't haven't seen him anymore? And I n- have never seen him since, ever since that guy died. He's like that cat that sees people before they die. Wow. Yeah. And he was the nice, he was like an angel. Yeah, That's how totally. I think of him. Yeah. Well, I've told this story before that my mother when my grandmother was dying she uh my mother was visiting my grandmother and the nurse told me that my grandmother was talking about these little kids that are like in the hallway and that i don't know if it happens to be at that hospital or what she said that that's a thing that happens a lot when they're about to go is that there's these little kids that come and they're like and their family members and like other people and they said that my grandmother kept reporting that yeah um but so, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that could be. And this guy stopped me at one point and no one else knows my name really. Cause I keep to myself, you know, and they'll be like, hi, but he honestly, would, I didn't realize that that's what it was until you said, John, that you know my name. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, I don't tell people my name. Right. It's, I just say <laughs> Tangina. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but he's the, the one thing he put, cause he was always like, Hey, how are you? And then I would like kind of look around <laughs> and he'd be gone, but he did stop me at one point and he was like, Hey, we're going to get to your ceiling soon. And I was like, my f- what? And then he disappeared and I was like, okay, great. Did your ceiling die? Well, a week later, the ceiling caved in. You're kidding. No. And because there was, you know, like in January, it was February of last year. And, um, I was like, wow, my ceiling, there was a little tiny leak and then the entire thing just caved in like two weeks after he said that. And I didn't see him. So then I told the guy, so from, I was like, uh, when it caved in, I was like, my ceiling caved in. And he was like, oh, okay, well, let me call the landlord. And then this little white guy came in. And I was like, oh, well, I talked to, you know, the other landlord. He was like, there is no other landlord. He didn't even know who that guy was. No, nobody did. Wow, so he's like an angel of death for humans and e- even for, like, ceilings. And for leaky ceilings. <laughs> Okay, so when I was growing up, there was this girl. So I, I grew up in San Antonio before San Antonio was as big as it is now. It's like the seventh largest city in the country now, or something like that. Mm, I've never been there. Eh, you don't need to. Okay, it's okay. Um, and but there was my parents moved out, kind of where uh, it's hard to explain. So there's the city, and then like thirty minutes out are kind of like country area which is now very cool and populated but when we moved out there when I was a little kid it was nothing just country and for you know like 15 minutes from us was like people who had moved there who were like a little whack Mm. Um, and so there was this family and um, they raised rabbits and llamas for and, and they would shear them and make clothes out of the fur oh that's whack it's whack. And they were, um, they would have sex. Like the parents had sex all day to like experience like the joy of love making and stuff like that. And the kids would be around. So there was, how they, did you, how would you know because that? Because their, their daughter was named Nisha Brown and Nisha Brown rode the bus. So like they'd pick up Nisha first, they'd pick up us second, and then they'd pick up like three people. This is not even that funny. <laughs> Why is anybody laughing? So Nisha Brown, um, 
What? <laughs> no, I'm listening. <laughs> what? Is it me? No, okay, it's so just... Nisha, they pick up Nisha Brown at the Whack House, um, pick her up, like, dodge her llamas, and then they, like, her parents are fucking. Then they pick up me, and my parents are, like, way Christian. And then they would pick up, like, a few other people, like, in the Whack neighborhood, and then we'd go home. So there was also this place called the Concept Therapy Institute. Now, this guy was, like, a Scientology L. Ron Hubbard guy. Ooh. He created something called concept therapy, which I still, I just looked it up the other day because we never understood it. There was a triangle and then like a gated community and they raised peacocks and the peacocks would escape and come into our yard all the time. Anyway, it was different than Nisha Brown. I'm off on a tangent. So they'd pick up Nisha. She was super fucking weird. And I'm not a bully, but I bullied Nisha Brown <laughs> a little bit. Aww. I would be like, no, I mean. Nisha, if you're listening. I know. You don't know how many times I've tried to locate Nisha Brown, but that leads me to my ghost story. So, um, because I think Nisha Brown never existed. I only, I'm the only person who like knew Nisha Brown. No one remembers her but me, although she was kind of shy. But so like Nisha Brown would be on the bus and I would ask, I was fascinated with her because her family was so different than mine because she'd be like, well, my parents make love. We were young. We were like fifth grade. And, she, and my parents never spoke to us about sex. And she'd be like, well, you know, my parents make love when we get home. And I'm like in front of you. And she's like, well, they go behind, they go in their door, they go behind their door and they make love and we hear it and it's natural. And I'm like, that is disgusting. Yeah. She's like, no, it's not. It's beautiful. It's like the way the world works. And I'm like, how? That's not what how I was raised. That is nasty. And she's like, and then, you know, and I was like, um, she's like, yeah, my mom, she like, she had a spindle, like in Sleeping Beauty, you know, like she would spin the wool from the llamas and the rabbits and stuff. Oh, right. And I'd be like, so you raise the rabbits and then how do you get like, she's like, and we eat the rabbits, we eat the fur or like we make the fur into clothes and we, okay. and I'm like, I'm sorry. So like, do you, my, my parents hunt and stuff. I'm like, do you shoot the rabbits? And she's like, no, my mom takes a knife and she just slits their neck and then we just eat the rabbits. Um, and then we like make their fur into clothes. And like, so is that sweater from like a rabbit? She's like, no, this is from the llama. And I was like, wow. So, <laughs> One night, all the guys in my neighborhood who were bullies, like they played truth or dare and they're like, let's go and try to get one of Nisha's llamas to spit at us because we heard llamas can spit. So like we... Ugh, See, the, but the bullies knew Nisha. Well, because I told them about Nisha and I told oh, them okay. she had llamas. But like there was this really whack family. And so like we went down to her to her house. It took like 15 minutes for us to walk to the end of our neighborhood where the whack hippies live. Um and now it's like a CVS. Like now there's no one. Sure. Um, and so we found the llama and they like irritated it. And it finally spit on my friend Justin, but like no sign of Nisha. Um, Nisha sat alone in the cafeteria. And I, I liked Nisha. I thought she was like fierce. She sounds fascinating. She was fascinating. She drank her milk really weird, like with a straw, but like she was fine. Um, and oh, she uses straws. Well, she was like, I know, like turtles. She like deaths are turtles, but like yay llamas. Yeah. And um, like who likes that? So... Well, basically, Nisha was a ghost. <laughs> but why do you think that? <laughs> because no one can corroborate that Nisha existed but me. So she a, wasn't in any, any yearbooks. She wasn't in any class. She wasn't in the yearbook. She's in nothing. <clears throat> so she was like an, an imaginary friend. No, not to me. You mean like my imaginary friend? No, she, I mean, yeah, but because I'm always fascinated by these ghost stories. But Nisha's family existed. That's the thing. Oh, wow. And she had a little brother. And it would be like, where's Nisha? Let's find the family and find out if I've they tried. ever had a Nisha. 
Have you had Anisha? I've never ha- I've never even heard that name. Do you want Anisha? I can give you Anisha. Well, I'm fascinated by like <laughs> by kind of this imaginary friend thing where like ghosts that you can straight up talk to. And I, we spent a lot of time talking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds kind of cool. Now, do you remember how the relationship ended or anything like that? Um, Nisha and I both were transferred to a different school because they changed the um, routing line. They, they built a new middle school, so we both had to go to a different middle school. Um, she was, and so, like, I don't know if she was, and then I was mercilessly bullied in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And so, and... I remember her being bullied too. Like she was ridiculed. But when I would ask people about Nisha, they didn't have anything to say. But I remember her. So maybe it was a construct of like my projection of like being bullied. She told you that she was bullied? I would. Or you saw it? I would witness like, I would witness like her, you know, like she'd be crying. I would talk to her about it. Now I'm just thinking about it. Maybe it was just like my projection of my own bulliedness. But anyway, and Nisha Brown existed into to me. A human. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe. It but sounds... she she was also kind of a bitch. Was she? Kind of. I mean, she offered me no sympathy. Well, she was dead. She's like the uh, yeah. You she know. was a tortured ghost. Yeah. She was really tortured. She was definitely like trying to like figure her shit out. But she was very lonely. She was really um. Pale Gina. Wait, so with Nisha, Nisha did she Pell. ever change her clothes? Well, all I remember, I only remember her wearing the same brown sweater. And she always said that her mother made the sweater from the animals that they raised. Because I would ask her about it. I'm like, wow, you wear that sweater every day. I right. did ask her that. Like, wow, you really like that sweater. Even in the summer, we lived in South Texas. And she always, like, she she never had a follow up. She never had a. She never offered a lot of information. She was very down. She's a major downer. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that was a ghost. I don't remember her in any like gym class recess. I remember her sometimes. I didn't see her in the halls. I saw her. Um, I saw her at lunch, sitting by herself. But I really only saw her on the bus, and I never saw her get dropped off because she was dro- her house was farther than mine. So she was already She's on the there. bus. She was already on the bus when I got on the bus, and when I got off the bus, she was on the bus. So she only rode the bus. If you live in San Antonio and you know anything about Nisha, please let us know. And she, one time I said, like, what kind of a name is Nisha? And she was like, Nisha means night. Hmm. Nisha Nash. Was it Nisha? Was it, it was Nisi Nash? Nash. It was, was it Nisi Nash? Nash? Yeah, it was. Um, Honestly, here's your script. Pelgina. Pelgina the musical. <laughs> Let's take all of your. It's all ballads. It's just all like Natalie Merchant sad songs. Pelginas. Do you want to um, listen to some ghost voices? Yes, please. Because now I think that like this was just like a therapy session about all of my like baggage. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, wait, hold up. Speaking of outside of San uh, San Antonio. Did you ever go to the famous, where you, the car, you know, the car over the train tracks? Of course. And the, the baby powder on the windshield? Yes. Yes. And I hear from people all the time about, uh, it seems like almost every city has this yeah. same exact story. Mm-hmm. But the story is, in San Antonio, outside of San Antonio, there's like train, train tracks, tracks where a terrible bus accident happened, you know, 1934. And... 
uh, you know, the bus stalls on the train tracks, a train comes, kills all the kids. But now, if you put your car in neutral, it will coast over the train tracks. And if you put baby powder on the back of your car, you'll see fingerprints of children. They'll save you. They'll save you. They'll, They'll push, push you, you off the tracks. And so what happened when you went? I mean... <sighs> It that happened, but I can only imagine that someone was planted like one of my because I went with my older sister's friends when I was mm -hmm. younger, and I can only imagine that someone like faked it. Faked what part? The hands on the windshield. Well, that's the thing. I've I've looked all over YouTube at this, and there is it has been on TV shows, but they've debunked it. Apparently, it's like kind of an illusion where it looks like it's downhill or it looks like it's uphill, but it's really downhill. Mm -hmm. Like they took a water bottle mm -hmm. and they rolled it. Like they just like set it and it rolled down. Um, so I also think if you put your hands on it before you put the baby powder on it, and then you cover it, show up. and then you like blow air around it it will that the the oil from the hands yeah will reappear there's another thing that happened at my church and there was this woman that came to our church and she was like i'm possessed i need an exorcism and our church was not that kind of church mm -hmm. but um my dad came home really freaked out one time and he was and my dad's not that kind of believer but he was like things were appearing on her skin and then they were trying to figure out like how she was making that happen and apparently like if you make that mark in your skin and let you you let it rest and you work yourself up into a tizzy like it can appear again and then this girl Carrie who lived in my my cul-de-sac got had to be she had to be taken away to a mental asylum cuz she like had like a freak out after watching the exorcist okay go it's time for <laughs> EVPs or E.V. Please. As you know, a dedicated fan of the show, you already know what happens. I'm going to play some ghost voices Ready. from YouTube. Ready for it. I want you to guess okay. what the ghost hunter believes this voice is saying, okay? This one comes from somebody named Paul Coffey. Fake name. And it's uh, what's C-O-F-F-E-Y. Uh, it is at... Hotwell's Hotel in San Diego. Uh, or no, sorry, San Antonio. Oh. Have, you, have you ever been there? Hotwell's? Hotwell's? Yeah. No. It's like it used to be a hotel of like the rich and famous, and now it's just like ruins. I love that. Yeah. And, I love ruins. And people go there. Um, <laughs> I love ruins. Tell me what you think this ghost is saying okay so first you're gonna hear paul or somebody say do you have anything you want to tell us and then we're gonna hear a ghost here okay. we go you have anything you want to tell us one more time Is, do you want me to tell you what I think they're saying? Yeah. They're saying everything must go. Like, everything must go. <laughs> kind of like a mattress sale on Labor Day. <laughs> oh, I was thinking like some bitchy like uh, stylist Every, that comes into your bed, into go. your house. <laughs> everything must go, honey. Or something. It's like everything and then an O sound. What is it? Let's try it again. So There's an S sound in there as well. Okay, here's some options. Is it A, Allison Janney, please? Uh huh. B, 
any journey counts. I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's like one of those posters in a doctor's office sure. or something. Yeah. Live, laugh, love. Is it D, Annie, don't go? Or C, I like Jenga? What, can I hear one more time? I like Jenga. It sounds like I like Jenga. It's I like Jenga. They're saying that it's any journey counts. I think they're sort of close, but that's, I mean, by syllables, they're kind of close and by syllables and vowels, but like, it's not, that's not what this bitch is saying. No, she's saying everything must go. I think so. Okay, let's try another one. <laughs> or all of you must go. In the same exact video, they, they pull out the spirit box, which a spirit <laughs> box, do you know what that is? A spirit box sort of uses like radio frequencies and you sure. can like, it's more robotic sounding at times. Okay. Um, they then ask, um, what's your name? <laughs> Tell me your name. And they get okay. a message. Okay, so let's listen. What's your name? Tell me your name. I hate you so much one more time. <laughs> Ishtar? I mean, what is this? Ishtar? Ishtar? Haunt, haunt, haunt. One more time. Okay, let's play it from the top. What's your name? Tell me your name. Linda? <laughs> It's Linda. <laughs> is it A, ah, Kathy? That's good. Is it B, ah, idiot? <laughs> C, Denise? Or D, Tangina? <laughs> I let's, mean, I, let's hear it again. Yeah. idiot it sounds it's like idiot. idiot but they're telling me it says denise no fuck that it's idiot i love this ghost denise denise <laughs> denise wait let's hear it again what's your name tell me your name Idiot. It's straight it's, up idiot. It's idiot. <laughs> Denise. Idiot. <laughs> Denise. Wait, every that's journey counts. Is that it? That's it. I want more. I know. It's so fun. Oh my God. Idiot. Um, <sighs> idiot. Yeah, that's it. That's everything. Wow. You really brought us some stories today. Did I? I feel like it was boring, but I, like that's just my insecurity. No, it wasn't that boring. Okay. But on a scale of. One to Tangina. How was it? How was my Gina? Um, your Gina was great. Uh, I was more like that first house cleaner who doesn't do a good job, <laughs> who gets fired. Well, I'm sure that most people aren't even listening anymore At least to she this was pretty, part. Of course. But um, tell us where people can find you. Okay, they can find me at the boss of you on Twitter. They can find me at uh, John Arthur Hill on Instagram. That's with an H. And subscribe to Patreon, which is Helvetica's house. <laughs> Ah, I love John Hill. That was fun, huh? Some spookiness. Um, you guys, we have got some great episodes coming up, and I'm going to do a listener episode very soon. I think we're going to release one next week, so look out for that. And uh, if you want to be on a listener episode or if you have a ghost story, you can, you know, if you want to be specifically on the listener episode, send me an email, ghostedbyroz at gmail.com, and write in the header, listener episode 
Or if you want to just share a story, you can put it in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Or, you know, you can just give us five stars, even if you don't have a story. Or you can join the Facebook group, Ghosted by Roz Dresvelez. I have a Facebook page. I'm on Instagram, Cameo, all those places. And I've got a live show coming up in Los Angeles in January. So make sure you're checking social media. I'll tell you more about that very soon on the show. Guys, I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye. Starbanes Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.